Eight years ago, my family and I were living on the northernmost island of Japan, Hokkaido, which is on the whole a very safe place to live. And、um, when I told my friends that we were planning to move down to Tokyo, a lot of them said,、um, That's a very dangerous place. There are big crowds, there's much more chance of earthquake. But when we told our friends in Tokyo that we're moving to London, <laughs> they said, Isn't London dangerous? In Tokyo, children as young as six walk to school on their own. Weren't there riots in London a few years ago? Isn't there a problem with knife crime? But when North Korea launched missiles which flew over the northern island of Hokkaido, that safest of places, many of our friends there sheltered in their basements with their children. It's an unpredictable world. And since then, we've had the pandemic, the Ukraine crisis, as well as the environmental climate crisis. So, whether it's crime, oppressive and proud regimes, or the ongoing fear of death, as Christians, how do we keep trusting God? The last couple of weeks looking through Isaiah, Phil's been getting us to ask the question what do we do when the enemy is at the gate? But what do we do when the enemy has broken through the gates, has us by the throat, and we feel our breath slipping away? Can we still trust God then? In the previous chapters to today, Isaiah prophesied that all the nations surrounding Israel would one day be brought down. And they were. But what if I die before I see that happen? Can I still trust God then? That's the question that we're looking at tonight. So please do have open in front of you pages 708 and 709. These two chapters, 24 And 25. Isaiah wants to bring the nation of Israel, he wants to bring us to own verse 9 of chapter 25. Look down at verse 9 of chapter 25. In that day, they will say, Surely this is our God. We trusted him and he saved us. This is the Lord. We trusted in him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. So, how are we going to get there? How are we going to own this verse, our memory verse, for ourselves, trusting this invisible God, come what may? Well, these two chapters, 24 and 25, in them, Isaiah. Vividly portrays for us what it will be like when the God who made everything wipes away all evil. The God of the Bible, the God of Israel, will one day wipe away all evil. So we can trust Him for today. Perhaps you're here tonight and you wouldn't call yourself a Christian. But let me ask you if there was a God. Who was able to completely destroy any evil 
nation, any evil individual, and yet at the same time, he tenderly wipes away tears from people's eyes. What do you think would be the appropriate way to respond to such a being? Well, tonight's chapters show us that there is such a God and urge all of us to respond by trusting him, by trusting him. First, let's see in chapter 24, the day when God wipes away all people who break his laws. If you're here and you're not a Bible-believing Christian, then breaking God's laws may seem like something you don't see as a big problem. Death is serious and terrible. I want to be rid of it. I want to be rid of proud aggressors, Putin, Hitler, the office bully. I want to be rid of them. But people who break God's laws, why is that so serious? Is it really that terrible, you might think? Well, let's take a look together in chapter 24. In verses 1 and 2 of chapter 24, which were read earlier by Marty, we see that this future day of judgment Isaiah is talking about is fair. Do you see that in verse 2? It will be the same. God doesn't only punish poor lawbreakers or only punish rich lawbreakers. It will be the same. Then see verses 5 and 6, which weren't read earlier. The earth is defiled by its people. They have disobeyed the laws, violated the statutes, and broken the everlasting covenant. Therefore, a curse consumes the earth. Its people must bear their guilt. Therefore, earth's inhabitants are burned up and very few are left. So you see, it is very serious. The laws being broken are the creator's laws revealed to mankind. 613 laws in the Old Testament, apparently, summarized by the Ten Commandments being the central standards. Do not steal, don't lie, don't want things that aren't for you. Summarized by Jesus as loving God, the one who made everything, the one who is the greater part of reality, loving him with our heart, soul, mind and strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself. The Bible makes it clear that even without this book, all human beings have an awareness of God and his laws, what he commands. And Isaiah is talking about a future day when all breakers of God's law will be wiped away. And that is a good thing, if at the same time, terrifying. The language is closely related to Genesis 3. There we read, because of human disobedience, the entire earth was cursed. But in this chapter, the final judgment of human disobedience is in view. Human disobedience that has spoiled the world, the society we live in. Look down at verse 7. The new wine dries up and the vine withers. All the merrymakers groan. 
The joyful tambourines are stilled. The noise of the revelers has stopped. The joyful harp is silent. Removal of all happiness. Utter devastation because of disobedience against God's laws. Verse 12. The city is left in ruins. Its gate battered to pieces. So it will be on the earth and among the nations as when an olive tree is beaten or as when gleanings are left after the grape harvest. We're to imagine vigorously shaking the tree and all the fruit drops down. That's what's going to happen one day to people who break God's laws. And that's a good news. God will one day wipe away people who break his laws. Perhaps you're a disciple of Jesus, just trying to keep God's laws in the area of sex or respecting the authorities, and people just think you're weird. Maybe you're wondering if following God's way really is best. Does God really care about this world? So many people seem to be breaking his laws and getting away with it. Ever been defrauded or scammed? Lied to, stolen from, intimidated, falsely accused. Well, here we see the infinite, all-wise God will one day be seen to uphold his laws for all time. Remember that future day, and we can trust him for today. This week, following his ways, listening to him really is best because God will one day wipe away all people who break his laws and you and I can meet that final day of wiping away of evil with joy like those in verse 14 they raise their voices they shout for joy isn't this a contrast to the previous verses from the west they acclaim the Lord's majesty Verse 16, from the ends of the earth we hear singing glory to the righteous one. For those who trust this God, joy. But for anyone here or anyone listening who hasn't come to this God, the righteous one, for mercy and forgiveness because of breaking his laws, this is a serious warning. The day of reckoning will come. Isaiah wrote this 2,700 years ago, and since then, others of his predictions have come precisely true. In 2023, in fact, we can know the identity of the person who will oversee this wiping away of people who break God's laws. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the one who rose from the dead, and who will come back to judge justly. So if you haven't done so already, make peace with this God. Come to him for mercy and forgiveness, because mercy and forgiveness are possible. Later in this service, we'll remember the Lord's Supper. Remember the death of Jesus as we take communion. If you're someone who doesn't yet know the forgiveness that we celebrate there, please ask someone about it. Come along to our Exploring Christianity courses. 
God will one day wipe away all people who break his laws. So trust him for today, even in a world that doesn't seem to care about his laws. Second, let's see that God will one day wipe away all proud and violent aggressors. This is in chapter 25. Look down at verse 1 again of chapter 25. Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you and praise your name, for in perfect faithfulness you have done wonderful things, things planned long ago. You have made the city a heap of rubble, the fortified town of ruin, the foreigner's stronghold, a city no more. It will never be rebuilt. Looking at the enemies that oppressed for so long and seeing into the future the day when God will bring them down. Time and again in the Bible, rescue for God's people from suffering and danger comes through judgment on their enemies. So the Israelites in Egypt suffering from massacre and slavery, rescued when Pharaoh's army is destroyed. God's people in the time of King David, rescued from the Philistines when Goliath is brought brought down low. Rescue of God's people and judgment of God's enemies go hand in hand in the Bible. And here, Isaiah is picturing for us the final and complete removal of God's proud enemies. Let me tell you about Twen from Eritrea and the persecution she faced. According to this magazine, she endured immense brutality during 16 years in Eritrean prisons. Because she had chose to obey Jesus, come what may, she spent three years in a shipping container. After that, she was put in an underground cell, but taken out to be abused regularly. She said, sometimes they made us roll on thorns as they beat us. They were well trained in torture. They wanted maximum pain. How easy was it, do you think, for Twen to keep trusting God in that situation? She could have been released if she'd agreed to renounce her faith. Should she really keep trusting the God who seems to be doing nothing about her persecutors? But one day, he will finally destroy, remove, wipe away all of his people's enemies. Actually, for anyone who has felt oppressed by a mean and powerful enemy who we're too weak to stand up to, the person bullied at school or work, victims of rape or mugging, victims of gang violence, Christians facing spiritual attack. This chapter is good news that one day God will wipe away all proud and violent aggressors. He will do that. Proud persecutors will be utterly destroyed unless they too repent. That's what Twen prayed for. And maybe that's what verse 3 is about. At the top of page 709. Therefore strong peoples will honour you. Cities of ruthless nations will revere you. That might well refer to oppressors humbling themselves before God as they realise their wrongdoing. 
But whether they bow before it's too late or after it's too late, they will one day bow to Jesus. Because the New Testament shows us that it will be Jesus who leads this final overthrow against proud aggressors. It may not happen in 2023, but one day it will happen. So trust him. God will one day wipe away all proud and violent aggressors. He'll wipe away people who break his laws, all proud and violent aggressors. And then in verses 6 to 8, finally, God will one day wipe away death. Death itself. Come with me to this scene of a victory banquet in verse 6. All hostilities are ended and the king on his mountain is fully established. It's a kind of coronation party plus. Now you all know that eating out in London at good restaurants is expensive, isn't it? And so it's great when someone takes you out for a really good meal. A couple of months ago, someone took me out for lunch at the hotel just across the road. It was very delicious, but not cheap. He hosted me. But here, did you notice who the host is? Verse 6. On this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples. I'm grateful to Ellie for pointing out the contrast with chapter 24, verse 11. There, in the streets, they cry out for wine. All joy turns to gloom. All joyful sounds are banished from the earth. Here, in verse 6, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats and the finest of wines. Because death, which spoils everything in this world, will be wiped away forever. Verse 7. On this mountain he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples, the sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. Removal one day of death as a thing. And the grief it causes On in verse 8, the sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. Many of us know the pain of bereavement. Some of us know the fear of our own death seeming close. How do we trust God when the anguish caused by death refuses to go away? Well, we remember that there will one day be a world where death has been completely removed. And again, Jesus is the hero of the party. The Apostle Paul quotes verse 8 at the end of his glorious chapter on the resurrection of Christ. Death has been swallowed up in victory. And he goes on, thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. God will one day wipe away death. So you and I, can trust him now. I may die. My child may die. 
I may well have to bury several members of my family before this life is through. I may never be able to fully enjoy, relax, fully feel satisfied in this life because of the shadow death casts. Some who will be listening to this are in the grip of pains of aging, knowing that your body is in the process of dying. But one day, God will wipe away death. So I can trust him in the midst of this fragile world I now live in. You and I don't live in a safe or comfortable world, especially if we follow Jesus. But one day God will wipe away all evil. People who break his laws, proud, aggressors, and even death itself. So I'm not going to give in to temptation. I'm not going to give up serving Jesus. I'm not going to place my trust in other things to give my life hope. I'm going to trust in him. The God who will one day wipe away all evil. And as we share in the Lord's Supper together, we remember the death of, the, of Jesus that won all those things for us, in which he commanded us to remember until he comes again and finally wipes away all evil. Will you trust him? Why don't we ask God's help to do that? Let's pray. Lord God, thank you that you will one day wipe away all evil. Please help each one of us, no matter what comes our way, to trust you because of your son, Jesus. Amen.